All right, guys, welcome to episode one of the Hardly Knowledgeable podcast. I'm joined here by Drew Schoenberger and Bryson Ellis. I'm Nolan Warner, and we, since this is episode one, um, just a rundown of what we're going to try to do here is uh, we're just going to talk about sports, sit around uh, like three dudes would do um, in the backyard, you know, drinking some beer and talking about sports. Um, and we're going to act like we know everything, but we probably don't know anything. Um, so these, these are just going to be our opinions. Uh, we are from the state of Kansas, so we are pretty big homers for the two universities in the state, um, the Kansas Jayhawks and the Kansas State Wildcats. Um, so I think we'll hop in there and let's talk about some University of Kansas athletics. Uh, we'll start with the way the football team ended uh, the season and a pretty tight loss there to West Virginia. What do you guys think about that? Uh, who wants to go first here? You let me go first here? Um, you know, Jayhawks covered. Uh, what more do you want if you're a Jayhawks fan? I mean, obviously you expect them or you want them to win, but I don't think the expectations are there uh, quite yet. Um, you know, it pains me to say it as a K-State guy, but I think uh, I think the Jayhawks found the right guy for the job, and I, if he'll stick around with them, um, I think they'll be – a decent program turning out six to seven wins a year, kind of like, kind of like the Wildcats. And then, you know, one breakthrough year every once in a while. Um, I was pretty impressed with how they fought against West Virginia and TCU and beat Texas to end out the season. Um, probably one of the best football seasons in recent Kansas history, even though they only have um, two wins. So. Yeah. To build off that. <clears throat> I was beginning of the year. All I wanted from this KU team was to compete. I didn't expect wins, you know, maybe one, maybe two, kind of what happened. But all I wanted for them was to compete, <clears throat> and didn't happen for the majority of the year. And then that, that something clicked in that OU game. I don't know if it was just because it was OU and you know bid school and everything like that, but something clicked there, and they kind of rolled with it and kind of got their momentum going for a little bit, and they finished the year the last three games, which is what all I wanted from them this year was just, just compete. They're, they don't have the talent to com, to win games at this level quite yet. They got a bunch of young guys that can ball, but what they needed to do was compete, and I was very satisfied, satisfied with how the last three games ended. I do believe if Devin Neal plays in these last two games, we win at least one. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. Um, like what Bryson was saying, I – just wanted to compete. I thought maybe with the way our non-conference schedule lined up, like us playing Duke, maybe we win that one, get somewhere between three or four wins. But looking at our schedule here, we started out Big 12 play, losing to Baylor 45-7, to and then to Iowa State 59-7. to So at that point, I was like, oh, we're the same team we've been the last, like, 10 years. Mm-hmm. Maybe by year two or three, Leipold will get a Big 12 win or something. And then, yeah, OU game, we – Honestly, had a lot of chances to win. Maybe should have won if Caleb Williams doesn't steal the ball out of his running back's hands and get a first down and all that. But then after that, I thought that was just a fluke because we lost two games by a lot to Oklahoma State and to K-State. But then last three games were really good. So I think that, you know, against a Texas team that was just awful, you know, like they barely beat Will Howard. So, you know. And then a TCU team that's not that good, but they did, they did beat Baylor. And then a West Virginia team 
we lost by a score, but, you know, they're fighting for a bowl win, so they are to make it to a bowl. So they really were wanting to win that game. So I think those last three is definitely a good way to end the season. So hopefully next year maybe we can flirt with being a 500 team or maybe four wins. You know, and I thought, you know, starting off the season, I think you've got a locker room that's been sold. You know, we're going to we're gonna win some games here. You know, I'm Lance Leipold, you know, trying to convince him that he's a good football coach, which he is. Uh, a lot of D3 success. Um, but you can't get him to buy in. You, you've, you have a tough draw there to go on the road and play Coastal, which was a pretty good squad. So you beat an FCS team. It's a close game, but you still win. Um, then you go to a top 20 team at the time. And they're what they just they have a 10 win season this year anyway, so that's what two straight 10 win seasons for Coastal anyway. And then and then you play Duke, which is your first power five team, but after being blown out the week before, you're not going to get your squad to buy in. Um, but then you get the fortunate overlook of the Sooners, and OU didn't show up to play that game until the fourth quarter. I mean, the only reason Kansas should have been in that game is OU overlooked them, and they they did. Um, so you get a little, you get a little belief there, but then they play Kansas State. And I just think, I just think with 40, what, 40 some Kansas kids being on the roster at Kansas State, I don't think, uh, I don't think right now the talent disparity um, between the two programs, I just don't think Kansas is going to beat a team that like Kansas State, even though they probably, it should have been closer than it was, I think. Um, And they have the quarterback issues there too. Um, And then you look at, uh, the loss to Oklahoma State. And Oklahoma State is a good football team. I mean, they're playing in the conference championship game. Baylor's a good football team. Um, TCU, you know, I don't know about TCU. I don't know if they're good or if they're bad. Um, they're I know when they, bad, but... Yeah, I've, I know when they came into Manhattan, they looked pretty bad, but their coach is about to be fired. And I think they, they had given up on Gary Patterson anyway. So moving on from football um, to the number four Kansas Jayhawk basketball team that Got upset over the weekend. Um, lost to lost to the Dayton Flyers um, in in Walt Disney World at Walt Disney World um, on a, on a crazy last crazy last second shot. I was I was not able to catch most of that game. Um, I was able to watch the end of it uh, because I was watching the Wildcats lose to the Longhorns, which we'll talk about later. Um, <laughs> Uh, but what do you guys see there? So that I don't know if you followed that whole tournament at all or much at all, but I think it was the straight upsets the whole tournament with Alabama losing and I think Drake upset like Belmont or I don't know, a whole bunch of mess. And so the magic was definitely there in Disney that night. But I think what it comes down to in that Dayton game is KU jumped out early. We were up 15 second half. And they're like, oh, this is easy to dominate. And I think they kind of let off the gas a little bit. And Dayton went into that little zone and started pressing. And she couldn't knock down shots. And they battled back and, you know, pulled out me in. <laughs> yeah, that game kind of just shows how crazy college basketball can be sometimes. Like, mm-hmm. like UNBC beat Virginia by 23 years ago when Virginia had the best defense in the country and – had beaten everybody by a lot, you know, shit happens. I would have wanted to win the game, and there was some late-game execution stuff that I didn't like 
Like, I didn't think Dave should have been in there, and I didn't really think Dave should have gotten the ball. We have the preseason Big 12 player of the year and then guy who's leading the country in scoring. But that might be just self letting the guys fill it out. And I'm sure come March, that'll just be a little blemish on the hopefully mm-hmm. number one seed KU team. So, I'm yeah. not happy. And, like, I'd snap knowing about it, and he was like, you know – that's shot. That's just like crazy. That's why I love college basketball. And I'm like, yeah, I agree. I just wish it was like against anybody else. But yeah, yeah. Dickie beat think... about ten fucking times, but they lost to like UMass Lowell <laughs> and Lipscomb and like. Mm-hmm. I thought we'd win that game by like thirty, but that's how it goes sometimes. Like, yeah. And um, I guess I. Go ahead. I think. I think um, for the most part. I think that's why – I mean, it's not going to matter in a month. Um, if KU gets into the Big 12 and takes care of what they need to take care of, it's not going to matter in a month, uh, which is what makes college basketball real good is you can you can drop games like this in the early season and then um, mm-hmm. it happens. I also think Bill Self is too good a coach for this, for this talented of a KU team to lose to Dayton ever again. Um, I, think, yeah. I think he just needs to sit down and figure out how they all fit. And then how they work together, really. Yeah, building off that, a lot of KU fans got to slow down a little bit with Dave McCormick. Every year, he's, last year he'd start the same way. He's gonna, he's gonna, he's out of control. He's a mess to start the year. That's what he does. He'll calm down. He'll get in the rhythm, and he'll give you your fifteen and ten we need every game. As far as our guard play, I believe we have the best guard play in the country. If CB keeps playing the way that he's playing. There's some good guys at Duke, and there's some good guys at Gonzaga, but I think they're right up there with them. Ochai is leading the league in scoring right now, and CB, like I said, has been playing his tail off. If you can get that production out of him, and then Remy can keep, you know, live up to his Big 12 preseason player of the year, then I think they can compete with anyone in the country. Have you guys watched Duke play? Yeah, Paulo Branchero is a freaking stud. <laughs> I, I caught the last 10 minutes of the Duke Gonzaga game the other night. And it was just, it was just running back and forth, you know, missing shots or making shots, and it was there was mm-hmm. did not slow down. Nothing like the brewski ball brand I'm used to seeing, uh, <laughs> of grinding yes. out basketball games. Speaking they got... of which, let's move on to K State. Let's stop talking Sounds about good. the Jayhawks. Let's stop talking <laughs> about the Jayhawks. Let's talk about the Wildcats. Um, Kansas State seven and five um, would like to be eight and four right now. Um, go down to. The Texas Longhorns go down to Austin, Texas, and drop a tight one, the one that they probably shouldn't have dropped. Um, Will Howard had a 70-plus yard touchdown run off a pretty nice little read option. Um, Other than that, there wasn't much offense to be had for the Wildcats. Uh, I think – I just want – what do you guys think of the game first before I get into my thoughts? The game itself? Yes, the game against Texas. Uh, I think it really just comes down to last week's game before that. Skyler never gets hurt. You win that game by 20. And just no offense. Lousy play calling, in my opinion. I know it's your backup quarterback still. And so I think that's kind of conservative play calling, kind of shot you in the foot. Defense played good. Can't ask much more from your defense. But, yeah. Yeah, I agree. If Skyler plays that game, like, 
there's no way Texas is even in it. Um, I guess I would say I thought the not the play calling. The play calling was awful. We can get on the whole fire courting Messingham thing. <laughs> but um like I thought the game plan of just like, all right, we're gonna feed Deuce, like we're gonna have Deuce in the Wildcat, not on third and one, God forbid, but you know. <laughs> Just throughout the game, let Will Howard just run the ball because he is a good runner. It's, you know, he's not a great passer, but he's like, what, 6'4", 230? 235, mm-hmm. yeah. Can, 235. So, yeah, he can definitely run that ball. And I thought that was a good little game plan to go in there. And they honestly, if you have some better play calls in this third and fourth downs, you'd probably win that game, which the game was kind of weird because it seemed like it was going to be a high-scoring game at first and then, like, the offenses just didn't do anything the rest of the game. And, you know, they convert those couple plays, they probably get out of there with the win. So it's a tough way to end the regular season, but at least you're still going bowling and hopefully Skyler's playing in that. So offense can move a little better. You know, I think what concerns me about bowling now is we had four wins going into the Baylor game, four wins in a row, and then we lost our last two. So what, we're four and five in conference now. and all the momentum of this team has been sucked out. I don't know if there's any momentum left with this football team, and if we go and we play a team like Clemson, who's won several straight, they beat South Carolina 30 to nothing, 30 to nothing the other day. Um, I think they've got momentum, and they've got something figured out now, and I think all the momentum's gone from the Cats. Um, I don't know. I think my takeaways from the Texas game, first of all, Throughout the whole game, we were very reliant on screen passes in the wildcat. So tell your quarterback you don't trust him without telling your quarterback you don't trust him. You put Deuce Vaughn in as a quarterback and run it unsuccessfully, okay? The wildcat never had sustained success throughout the whole game, and we were committed to it uh, as any, any team is. We were really committed. doesn't work. We run some screen passes, and by the third and fourth quarter – you can only run a screen pass so many times before defense starts to see it coming. And the Texas, why the credit, the Texas uh, defensive backs, they were coming up, they're blowing up the screen plays. I mean, we couldn't stretch the field against them because they were, they are one of the most talented defenses in the big 12. They're one of the most talented football teams in the big 12. They just haven't played well this year. Um, so it hurts. It's not, it's not a fun one to lose, especially you've got third and fourth and one on your, on their half, they're half of the field and the conservative climate decides to go for it. And we line up in the wildcat. Um, line up in the wildcat, we don't get a yard. They go down, they kick a field goal, I believe. We get the ball back. And then we have to drive to score. At this point, this is where we're at. And so third and one, we go back into the wildcat that did not work the drive before. Does not work again. Fourth and one, we run a speed option. Will Howard is six foot four, two hundred and thirty-five pounds. Do you know how long a yard is, Drew? Can you just tell me how many feet are in a yard? Three feet are in the yard, no one. Three feet. Will Howard is two yards long and you need one yard. If he falls forward, he gets you a yard. So I don't understand why we're running or trying to run around the Texas defense, which we haven't been able to run around or giving it to our four foot tall running back. He's not four foot tall, but 175 pound running back trying to get a yard from the shotgun when you just go under center and put two tight ends behind him, put a tight end and a fullback behind him, and just push a pile. That's all you have to do, and you're getting a first down. 
you you should be able to get one yard, especially if you're the power brand of football that you want to run. So I think they're going to a bowl game, hooray, whatever. They're probably going to lose it. They don't have any momentum right now. I mean, Skyler might have – he might play out of his mind for the bowl game because I don't imagine that they would go to a bowl game and he wouldn't play, being that he came back uh, for this sixth year now. Um, <laughs> Uh, K-State also has a basketball team. So let's talk about their basketball team. Did um, you want to dig in at all to the, the whole season of K-State at all or anything? Uh, we can, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll hold off on the oh, – really? I feel like with the two losses, you're probably not going to play Clemson. I feel like it'd be – if you're playing a ranked team, I feel like it'd be someone that's like fringe, like ranked. Like Clemson, yeah. what, nine and three? This is South Carolina. Yeah, we could play South Carolina. I'd be fine with that. But that means we'd have to go to Memphis, which, again, a lot of K-State fans wouldn't be fine with that, but I'd be okay with going yeah. to Memphis. For the, or, or, or even or NC State. State. I could see an NC State game, too. We could play NC State. I'm trying to think of what the ACC Big 12 Bowl tie-in game is. No, it's – yeah. It's that Orlando Bowl, which I think uh, – The Cheez-It Bowl. Yep which I think Clemson's going to go to, and I, we'll probably send – Like Baylor? Baylor or Iowa State. We might send Iowa State Yeah. to there. I'm, I'm not, not sure. sure. If Baylor could knock off Oklahoma State, then they might get a little better bowl than that. But we'll... I think if Baylor knocks off Oklahoma State, you got two Big 12 teams in, in uh, New Year's Six Bowls. Yep. So, um, Kansas State season overall, seven and five. ESPN preseason gave them four and a half wins. Um, so we got four and a half wins in the month of October. So I'm okay. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Started off beating Stanford. We didn't know how good Stanford was. We, we beat them pretty good. Um, so I'm okay with that. Um, we, we then turned around, opened up conference play. 0-3. Oh, against the three best teams in the country – or the th- not the country, in the conference. Um, lost Oklahoma State. Didn't know how good Oklahoma State was at the time. Turns out they're a Big 12 championship caliber team. Lost to Oklahoma. Um, I don't even want to talk about that game. You know, we, we, we were able to move the ball. We weren't able to stop them. We refused to put pressure on the quarterback. Um, that hurt us. I don't know. I would I would rather had Spencer Rattler throw over our heads and throw the deep balls, but that's just me. Um Lost. Then we had a bye week. Lost Iowa State. Uh, that one sucks. Farmer Geddon, you know, we had won 10 years in a row before that, and they hadn't beaten us in Manhattan since 2004. We lost 49 to nothing last year, 42 to nothing last year. I don't know what the score was. Um, turn around, and they put a lot of emphasis on this game. The coaching staff did. It was a big game for them. Lost by 10. Start was, it was 30 to 20, right? I think you might have lost like 11 or something. But. Yeah, it was somewhere around there. Uh, I mean, that game was over from the first play from scrimmage when Brees Hall um, ran around the edge and scored. I think that I think we all kind of knew what was going to happen there. Last mm. time the bill was really – last time Bill Snyder Family Stadium was really full was then. Uh, people were people were saying it's pretty bleak uh, for the Wildcats. So, go to Lubbock for a must-win uh, Felix NUDK gets a safety there and turns the game around. Looks like we we're going to lose Texas Tech. Uh, they jumped up 14 to nothing on us. It was a bad. It was a bad deal. So we squeak one out against Texas Tech. Turn around. We play TCU at home. TCU fires our head coach. 
Um, so we, we, I think we were kind of lucky there. There's a lot of distractions going on around the program at the time. Uh, then we play West Virginia. West Virginia is either bad or good. It depends on what day you get them. I think we got them on a bad day. We beat them pretty bad. Or did we play – we played Kansas before West Virginia. And yeah. Kansas was Kansas. They had quarterback trouble all day. Um, they figured it out now, but they didn't have it figured out then. 35-10. Um, that was a good win. So we've got a lot of momentum going in this West Virginia game. We beat West Virginia, played Baylor. Baylor's just better. Um, it's, it's easy to tell. Baylor's just better coach, better football team. Um, then we go to Texas and we lose. Obviously, we've talked about that. Um, I think, yeah, I think the teams that we lost to besides Texas were just a better ball team. They, uh, Oklahoma State, definitely better. Um, Iowa State, just there's a talent deficiency there, and they're starting to come into Kansas and recruit well here, and it's just uh, not going to be well. But Matt Campbell's going to leave, so it's fine. Uh, and we'll, 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 get, we'll get it figured out there. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I think the season – Overall was a success, but would have liked to be nine and three uh, or eight and four, but seven and five will take. Yeah, I think as a K-State, if you're a K-State fan, you can be upset about this year because, I mean, seven and five is not a horrible year, but the expectations, at least around Manhattan and being in Manhattan, knowing the expectations around some is a lot better than that. Um, but I think in reality you got to flush this year because I think Skyler doesn't get hurt. There's two more Big 12 wins, I believe, in that midst. I think the Oklahoma State game might be different and obviously Texas. And so that's the difference, you know, in 7-5 and five and 9-3 and three right there. Um, but I, I think you got to flush this year and you got to attack the transfer portal. I think the transfer portal mates or breaks you for next year. You already lost, yeah, you already lost Joe Irving who was my favorite running back in the squad. And you lost Wayne Jones and a receiver. I can't remember his name. But, yeah, you lost those three. I'm sure more to come because transfer portal is, you know, crazy now. But you guys got a hit on a quarterback and a receiver, in my opinion. Um, like the injuries kind of hurt. When you get Clee Duke coming back next year, it's going to be huge. That D-line should be, should be really good. I think their defense so shouldn't have any issues. So I think it comes down to a competent OC and then getting that quarterback and receiver from the portal. And I think you guys can be, you know, top three in the Big 12 next year if that happens. Yeah, I think overall it was a pretty successful season because, well, from a betting perspective, I think K-State's over-under on wins was like five and a half. So it was basically betting on if they'd be a 500 team or if they wouldn't be. So seven and five is, you know, again, above 500. So that's good. I thought that Stanford game, just like being there in person, that was probably like the sharpest I've seen that football team just like look in my three years mm -hmm. here. Obviously, Stanford isn't very good. We kind of found that out. But, you know, still first game of the year, neutral site, although pretty much a home game. Good to come out like that. I felt like the Oklahoma State game, it, it's weird because now you look at it in Oklahoma State, you know, if they win against Baylor, they have a good shot at making the top four and making the playoff. But, you know, we all thought that back then that even Will Howard could go in and beat Oklahoma State. Like, they started their year off terrible. Like, what was it? They barely beat Missouri State and Boise and 
They, they beat Boise. They beat Boise State by a point. In Tulsa, uh, in Tulsa, Tulsa five. four, four or five, and then yeah. Missouri State by about the same margin too. So we didn't think they're very good at the beginning of the year. They started the season out kind of shaky, and I think the Cats were ranked going to that game, right? They were twenty fifth. Yeah, because we were three zero. I mean, or K State was three zero. Yeah, they just beat Nevada, who had an NFL caliber quarterbacker. Yep. So we thought at the time, but he, he is, he is. But I think, I just think that defense is really good. Will Howard's really young, um, and then Spencer Sanders just had a day. And I so think maybe sometimes we get them when they just have a day. So maybe that, um, maybe that game kind of set because Oklahoma State kind of just came out in the first half and kicked kicked ass, and then you guys kind of made a little comeback in the second half, but we kind of knew the game was over, and. That might have just set the tone for Oklahoma State season as they only lost to Iowa State, right? Yeah. Which isn't a bad loss. No, it's mm-hmm. not. I mean, They're... that's a pretty together football team. So, one of the most together <laughs> football teams in the conference, I'd say. They didn't win nope. 10 games. Well, anyway, so then the Oklahoma <laughs> game, you guys could have won, but there was some, you know, ties in there, kicked the ball twice, but the refs ruled it. That whole thing was, you know. I don't think you can really – I mean, obviously, I think it was a big momentum shifter. We got the ball back. They didn't score points off that. Yeah, I think Spencer did a pick after that. Yeah, he did. But defensively, we just couldn't – we couldn't stop him. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where I – we'd like to blame the refs. And I still think Landry caught the ball on that fourth to 12, but we just couldn't stop him. So, I don't know if we can blame really blame the refs for that loss. Yeah, the ref thing was kind of just like a momentum, like definitely momentum, but Oklahoma probably I agree. wins. Yeah. But then the Iowa State game was pretty big. And then after seeing Iowa State just come in here and steamroll. <laughs> a Zoom thing popped up on my computer, sorry. Um, so, you know, when Iowa State came in here and just dominated, like when Brees Hall just – took it 80 yards or 75 yards on the first play like that. I thought, man, this Iowa State team is really good. Maybe they figured it out. And then they beat Oklahoma State the next week. And I was like, oh, man, like this is crazy. And then Iowa State, you know, they lose some games where it's like, how they – like, who they lose to? They lost to West Virginia and to Texas Tech. Mm-hmm. Two teams that K-State beat. So, it's kind of like, all right, so – that loss doesn't look as good. But I do think they were playing really good at that time. You know, they're they're together. Mm-hmm. So definitely. Definitely. Then the end of the year, that the Baylor game, Baylor's better, but I do think that if you're playing Baylor, you gotta play mistake free. Because Baylor with Dave Veranda, they're not gonna make mistakes. And when you get them to punt on a three and out, and then Phillip Brooks, who's you know, hasn't really done a lot returning the ball this year because teams don't pick to him, but, like, he's probably one of the best returners in the country, special teams you, and then he fumbles, and then Baylor scores off that. That's tough, and you're not mm-hmm. – you're likely not going to win making mistakes like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A really good coach team. That changed the whole Baylor game that fumbled in. Because the, yeah. the score was 20 to 10, and, like, even if Skyler doesn't get hurt, like, maybe they score on that drive, but either way, like, that- a 10 game. With that game, I don't know. Deuce ran the ball like 12 times. 12 times. And I think we would have been more successful had we been more committed to the run there. Um, but they, they just – I don't know why they wanted to throw the ball. Our offensive line couldn't protect Skyler. And that's why Skyler got hurt is he got hit so many times. Because that mm-hmm. Baylor D line is athletic. 
I mean, they were they just are. good. Mm-hmm. So um, I do think we kind of need to move on from K-State yeah. football. Uh, we'll talk about, we'll talk about K-State basketball here pretty quick because we do want to get into uh, the playoff and all that stuff. Um, so K-State does have a basketball team. They played a preseason <laughs> tournament. They did play in a preseason tournament. It was called the Hall of Fame Classic. Um, in the T-Mobile Center in Kansas City. Yes, it is the T-Mobile Center, not the Sprint Center now. Um, Drew and I attended those two games. Um, we opened up against Arkansas, which they're what, number 10 now? Are they number 10 now? I'm not sure. I haven't seen the rankings yet for basketball. I think the AP comes out tomorrow. Okay. Well, so they're number 13. So we, 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 mm. first of all, when you're in Kansas City, right down the road from Manhattan, right down the road from Manhattan, you're right, you've probably got a pretty good fan base in Kansas City as well. You go, you go into Kansas City and you have a road game. You have a road game in Sprint Center. There were 80% Arkansas fans there, and they were loud. And I think that shook our guys. Um, and this, that was the first test they'd had. So they go into halftime, and they're just getting obliterated, down 18 at half. Um, come out at half, quick little five-point run. But still, you know, they lose They lose by seven, but they, they made it competitive at the end of the game, I think. Yeah. Um, and then I think the next day, more Illinois fans there than K-State fans the next day in the consolation game. And if Easy Agu and Bradford get into foul trouble early, which it looks like they might do, K-State is going to be in a world of hurt in the Big 12 play if they choose to put Logan Landers on the court. No offense <laughs> to Logan Landers, but Logan Landers is not a Big 12 big. Logan Landers should not play – in the Big 12 because they won't win games if 33 gets a lot of minutes. Um, That being said, lost the Illinois game, same exact score as the Arkansas game. It just went differently. K-State led for a little while, and then Illinois kind of went on a run and put them away. Um, I don't know. I thought this basketball team would be 500 coming into the season in the Big 12, um, which would make – I feel like that would make them a tournament team if they were – Eight and ten or nine and nine, but now I'm thinking four or five wins in the conference. That is very loaded um, this year. Um, I think four or five wins would be good. Um, I really hope Bruce Weber might retire after this year. Um, <laughs> get somebody, get somebody young in there, and bring some new energy to the program that looks kind of stale and stagnant right now. Yeah. Uh, with with K State basketball. I think actually they played two really good teams this week in that tournament, and so it's hard to tell. You know, they fought in both those games. They got hit in the mouth early, like I said in the Arkansas game. But they still fought, and I think that's what this team is definitely a defensive-minded, defensive first team, and that's good and all. But when it comes to Big 12 play, when you're playing KU, Baylor, T- T- I'm not Texas, um, I'm missing Texas. And the surprise of Iowa State beating two ranked teams and undefeated right now, which I didn't see coming. Um, defense can only take you so far. At some point, you got to have someone that can score, and I think that's what they're missing. I think Nigel can work into that role, but I think he's got to start taking over more. Um, I like the new transfer with Mark Smith. I think he's a solid guard, and I think Is is pretty solid as well. But like I said, they just don't have – I don't think they have the talent to hold their own. In the Big 12, I think I my 
ceiling for them was like, you know, fourth, maybe fifth in the Big 12 this year. But with TCU, I don't TCU, with Iowa State playing how they are, and I'm, I can still see them being middle of the pack Big 12, and that might be enough to get them. If they can win all their non-conference games, might be enough to get them in the tournament, might not be. I think this Wichita State game coming up will be big for them. I think that one a lot, little closer to their talent level, and so they can compete in that one. It might, you know, send their season somewhere. <laughs> if Marquette were in the Big Twelve, where do you think they'd finish? Marquette. Yeah, middle of the pack. I yeah. think they'd finish fourth. Fourth. I think that's a big test for them. I think if they can beat Marquette and Bramlage, they could beat Texas and Bramlage if on on any given Wednesday or Saturday. Well, hey, Shaka Smart brought his team in the Bramwoods last year and only won by two, so anything's possible. Yeah. You know. yeah. And to talk, to talk to your defensive-minded thing, they've always been defensive-minded, but I don't know. You know, this team doesn't have Barry Brown or yep. doesn't have doesn't have the guy that you can just get two points from yep. on a possession. So, K-State basketball, we'll see. Long season ahead, so – We'll see. I would say, um, I think, um, compared to last year, it seemed like last year was just the Mike McGurl and Nigel Pack show, which, like, Mike McGurl seems like a great guy, but I don't know if that's a dude that you want chucking up, like, eight threes a game or whatever. <laughs> this year, you have him, you have Nigel, you have you have Salt Miguel, you have Mark – is it Marquise or Marquise Noel? I actually really like him. I think he's nice. Yeah, Marquise Noel. Yeah, play hard chart, baby. Play hard chart. <laughs> top of top of the chart every night. By the way, Mike McGurl got the start today against North Dakota after coming off the bench. So I don't know what's going on there. Yeah. Miguel was out. Davion Bradford and Casey Aziegu as a one-two punch down low. If those are the only guys playing minutes down there. <laughs> but the problem is Davion isn't right right now. Like something's like he didn't play today. By the way. Yeah. Well, but, I saw that he missed – I didn't know this until about a week ago. He missed basically all of the summer workouts from uh, non-COVID-related sickness. He had, like, pneumonia and strep or something like that. And so he was out basically all summer. So that's why he hasn't been playing very much because he's still trying to get back into shape. Well, if they, can, if they can weather the storm with Wichita State and Marquette, you'd obviously love to win both of those, but at least get one you know, take care of business against all your other teams you play. He's got to be in there for Big 12 play. And hopefully he mm-hmm. – I think he's good. I think he's talented. He does some things well. And I think KC has improved quite a bit. You know, last year I didn't think he was all that good, but he actually looks pretty solid. So I think if you have those two down low and then you have more scores than you do last year, I think you can compete. But – and also, by the way, like the basketball – X's and O's and me just wishes that if you ever get to a point where Logan Landers has to play, just play five yards. Like, mm-hmm. just give up two points and then try to make a mismatch with your guard on the other team's big. Like, did, that's what they do. Like, Kofi Coburn made, like, Logan Landers got destroyed by that dude. Like, <laughs> at least make him guard a guard on offense, you know? Yeah. Logan kind of got destroyed by that guy from Pitt State, too. But, <laughs> um, both of them. <laughs> Does does anyone know why Selton McGill didn't play today? I knew he was inactive, but I never saw why. I don't know either. I guess I didn't really notice that. that and that's, maybe, why Mark, that's why Mike started. Maybe he could have been, you know, maybe he could have been a healthy scratch um, because this North Dakota team obviously isn't very good. Um, yeah. And yeah, they, they 
Yeah, and <laughs> you know now they're playing they're playing Albany um, this next Wednesday. Who's one and five? Let me just tell you who Albany's lost to: uh, Tozen, LaSalle, Harvard, Eastern Kentucky, regular Kentucky, and then they beat Eastern Illinois. So not a very good Albany team. So I think K State might use these two games to get right before going and playing in Intrust Bank Arena in Wichita this, this next Sunday. <laughs> Wait, are they playing interest or are they playing in Coke? Yeah, first game's in interest. Then they'll come to Bramlage. Then they'll play at Coke. And then they'll come to go to the T-Mobile Center. So. you got to find someone that can slow down ET if they're going to beat Wichita State. I yeah, that guy's <laughs> so. All right. So, let's move. Oh, let's move away from Kansas State basketball. Um and talk about the other football that was played this weekend besides Kansas and Kansas State. Uh, it was rivalry weekend, so we're going to talk about three of the biggest games uh, this past Saturday. Um, Michigan and Ohio State played in the game, um, and then Alabama and Auburn, surprise, close Iron Bowl, and then, of course, Bedlam in the night. So we'll start off with the game. Um, I've been on Michigan all year long. You know, Drew over there, he's been, he's been a bit of a, an Ohio State homer. Um, I've been on <laughs> I've been on Michigan all year long. I thought they would beat Ohio State, and I thought they really could. This was a really good Michigan team, but I thought they would win by three. I thought it'd be competitive the whole game, but then you go up seven, and then you get the ball back, and your first play from scrimmage is a twenty-yard pass play, and then you're taking a shot at the end zone, and then if they score there and don't throw a pick. I think that blows the door open, and I don't think Ohio State would have been in the stadium anymore. Um, mm-hmm. I think I, I think that would have started a kind of an onslaught, you know, about ten years of uh, ten years of pent up aggression uh, being taken out on Ohio State, which they later got the opportunity to. Uh, Michigan was able to run the ball really well against the Buckeyes, which I'm extremely impressed with. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I was impressed, and Cade McNamara played pretty good game um, for Cade McNamara standards. He had 159 yards. He went 13 for 19. Um, Hassan Haskins had 28 carries for 169 yards. They gave up seven yards on the ground, seven yards mm-hmm. of play on the ground. Um, so Michigan did really good, got Stroud uncomfortable, pressure, pressure, pressure. And if you pressure him, then he doesn't have time to, time to throw to those. Mm-hmm. Three really good defenders. I think this was the best front seven Ohio State played all year, and I just don't think they're really ready for it. So I thought it was a good game, fun to watch, and very happy that Michigan got a dominating win over Ohio State. Yeah, that game came down to, in my opinion, the trans- battle in the trenches, which was Michigan's offensive line and especially their defensive line just took over that game. Uh, is it Hutchinson or yeah, yeah, that dude's a freaking stud. He's gonna go top five. Um, that that O line and D lines took over that game, and it shows. I mean, they had at least five stats, I'm pretty sure. And then you had Haskins on the offensive side with five rushing touchdowns, and some of that's on him, but a lot of that's because of your offensive line, and they just kind of dominated that game. I don't know if Ohio State was expecting that. Yeah, this is a fun game to watch though. So, going into it, after seeing what Ohio State did to Michigan State last week, a team 
a Michigan State team that beat Michigan, we can pretty much say now that game was a fluke. There's mm-hmm. no way they should they should have won that game, but they did. So then I didn't really know what to think. I hadn't watched a lot of Michigan games all year, but I thought Ohio State maybe wins by ten or so. And then when Michigan got the ball first, and they just went right down the field, like it just had like a different feel to it. Like sometimes a team that ends up losing can go down and score first and it doesn't mean much, but it felt a little different. And then when C.J. Stroud and them went three and out and had the punt and then Michigan got a good punt return to like the 35-yard line, I was like, oh, this is like, this is getting real. And then McNamara threw that really awful pick. I'm pretty sure he had someone else open, but he threw it into triple coverage. Don't really know why. That was really the only bad play he had. I mean, he was pretty solid, you know, when you're – Running backs are going for seven yards a carry. You don't really have to do much, but 13 <laughs> for 19 will do it for 159 yards. Yeah. And Ohio State goes down, gets in the red zone, but then the big Hutchinson stack forces him to take three, and that kind of kept Michigan in it. And then they ended up just blowing them out. Like, they were only up one at half, and I still kind of thought Ohio State was going to figure it out. And then, you know, they didn't score in the third quarter, and Michigan – I'm pretty sure they scored every time they touched the ball in that quarter, and that's just kind of – or in the second half, and that kind of just made the difference in the game. I still thought C.J. Stroud played pretty good. I mean, he was 34 of 49 for 394 and two touchdowns. But they did get pressure, and they weren't really able to get any plays deep to their receivers, which is what you want to do because you can't – like, you're not going to be able to shut those three guys down. Like, you have – Garrett Wilson, who's probably going to be the first receiver taken to the draft. Hopefully, the Chiefs take Chris Olave. I've been wanting that for a while. And then <laughs> their other guy, Smith and Jigba, is probably going to be one of the first receivers taken next year when he's eligible. Like, they went for – Smith and Jigba went for 127. Wilson went for 119, and Olave went for 88. So, it's not like they shut him down, but they weren't able to, like, go off for 200 or get a lot of long ones, you know? So, yep. Michigan played well. I'm – I am happy for Jim Harbaugh because he, you know, he's a, good, he's a good coach. And, well, although after last year, we were kind of wondering about what was going on, but maybe COVID was right up there in Ann Arbor. So, yeah, hopefully they take care of business and make a playoff. Let's actually talk about the Big Ten title game now. Um, just since we're here and we're talking about Michigan. Um <clears throat> So they're playing Iowa. Iowa, we know, was all the way up to number two in the country until dropping a game, two games in a row against Wisconsin and Purdue. Um, giant killer, Purdue, I might add. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so just looking at some statistics here, Michigan is favored by 10 and a half. Um, Iowa's giving up 315 per game, um, 210 through the air, 105 on the ground. Um, Michigan, if you look at their offensive averages this year, they're averaging 226 passing, 224 rushing. So they're pretty even offense, which I think is what makes them hard to defend. Um, but they're, they're averaging what, 30, 37 a game, 450 on the, 450, 450 yards per game. Iowa's averaging 25 a game, 300 yards, 300 yards. Um, Defensively, they're both pretty pretty much the same, not not allowing a lot on the ground. Really, Michigan's not allowing much on the ground or through the air. So um, I think it's going to be a game that's like you don't think Iowa can win ever, but I also don't think Michigan's going to go in there and blow them out. Yeah. 
Drew, what do you think about it? I so, I don't really see a blowout happening either. From a betting perspective, and I, I'm sure I'll be betting on this game, um, probably bet on all of the Power 5 ones. Ten and a half is a big number. I do think Michigan could cover that. Over under is set at 43 and a half, which is pretty – Pretty telling. That's a pretty low number. Although for an Iowa game, that's a pretty high number. Normally they're in the 30s. Yeah. So, yeah, I think Michigan will will go in there, and I think they'll win. I just don't like, you know, Ohio State scored 27 points on Michigan's defense because C.J. Stroud is a good quarterback, and they have three NFL receivers, and they have a set running back, and they were able to do that, and they're still able to generate some sort of offense. But I just don't think Iowa like Spencer Petrus or Petrus, however you say his name. He's not very good at all. The backup that played some against Nebraska in their comeback win last week, he's not very good. Iowa's running game really isn't that good. I know they have a guy that they like to give the ball about thirty times too, and maybe he'll get a hundred yards. I just don't see. I don't see Iowa scoring more than like if Iowa gets to like seventeen, I'll be pretty surprised. I think this game's like a twenty-seven to ten. Like, maybe it's close in the first half, but Michigan pulls away. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at, too. I don't think Iowa can score on this team, to be honest. And Michigan on paper and everything is just a much better team. The only thing I'm worried about is Michigan's Super Bowl, if you will, is Ohio State game. And so the only thing – so the only thing I'm afraid of is a little Super Bowl hangover and they come in not ready to play and get hit. But with that being said, I still think they're going to be fine. If I'm betting, which I probably will too, I'm taking the spread. I'm taking Michigan's points and everything. I think they win this game 31-10. And that touchdown for Iowa coming like you know garbage time at the end, I just don't think they can score on this team. I would say the path for Iowa to win or at least make it close is like, you can't let what Ohio State's defensive line like they just didn't they just couldn't stop them and they just got bullied and they got ran on for seven yards of carry. If you could actually force Cade like did Cade McNamara ever have to throw on third down? Probably not. Like I don't I haven't like looked at any specific stat, but I don't really remember them ever having to like throw the ball on third down. If mm-hmm. they can do that and Cade McNamara can't make the plays, then Iowa could stay in the game. But even at that point, like, is Spencer Petras going to beat you? Like, probably not. So, <laughs> I'll take Michigan. Um, let's not forget Iowa. Iowa did have one of the best turnover-forcing defenses um, in the Big Ten and the country. Um, so, they're pretty opportunistic. So, Iowa's offense might be given a few short fields if their defense comes to show up. Uh, let's move on to an interesting uh, game. We we are I think I think we're gonna skip those other two rivalry games and move right into conference championship games. Um, let's move on into a very interesting one. Houston is playing at Cincinnati. It's not a neutral site game, um, so they play at the higher seeds um, home stadium. Uh, both teams are actually pretty comparable in stats right now. You got Dana Holgerson led Houston Cougars. Um, they're 11 and one. They're one loss coming. First game of the year against um, the Texas Tech Red Raiders, uh, but they've won their last five, um, and you know they've won them kind of convincingly. Uh, the SMU game was close. The USF game was close. They blew Temple out. 
They blew Memphis out, and then they beat UConn uh, 45 to 17. Um, you know, I think this if Cincinnati can win this, uh, I think it'd be a pretty big win for Cincinnati. Uh, Houston's only allowing 200, 289 yards a game. Um, so I think this is a sneaky good matchup for, for Houston and Cincinnati and a pretty good test for the Bearcats, who really haven't been tested, I'd say, since Notre Dame. I mean, I, I don't think Cincinnati's really played anybody close to their level yet. Um, I know Drew says that they kind of play down to their competition. So if Cincinnati really is that much of a better team than Houston, and if they really think that they're a top four team, they need to blow they need to blow the Cougars out. And I, I think it might be I think it might be a close game. Let's see, Cincinnati's favored. Um, Cincinnati's favored ten and a half, so kind of the same line. Over under for that game's fifty four. I'd probably take the over, and I might take Houston to cover that. I, I still think since he wins a game, but I might take Houston to cover. All right. So I'm just looking at Cincinnati's schedule here. Um, really, Notre Dame is like the only team they've played other than SMU, I guess, because the beginning of their schedule, like they beat Murray State and they beat Indiana, which people maybe thought Indiana would be decent because they were good last year, but they're just awful. I don't know what. I think they went over in the Big Ten. I don't think they won a game. Two and nine. They're two and nine right now in the season. Yeah. Two and ten. So. So after the Notre Dame game, they blew out Temple and Central Florida, and then they had the stretch of close games against bad teams. They won at Navy by seven, at Tulane by nineteen. But Tulane was in that game for a while, and then Cincinnati mm -hmm. pulled away against Tulsa by eight. Which apparently Tulsa just plays good teams close. Like they played Ohio State close. They played Oklahoma State close. But either like they had to stop them at the goal line to win that game. Like that was not. That, like, that score wasn't deceiving. Then they beat USF by 17. And then going to the SMU game, I thought maybe SMU could get them. Just kind of seemed like they weren't playing as well as – like, maybe they peaked when they played Notre Dame. But then they beat SMU, who probably isn't great. I know they lost to Tulsa, and I think they're, like, 8-4 and four on the year, 9-3. and three. But I do think they're probably the third-best team in that conference. And they did win 48-14. to 14, And then they took care of business against East Carolina. So – as far as it comes to this Houston game, I haven't really watched much of Houston all year. I'm, I do think that they're a good team based on their record and what they've done. But I think Cincinnati wins by two touchdowns. I think that kind of like the SMU game, they'll take care of business early. I expect a big game from Desmond Ritter, who might be another NFL quarterback to watch out for for the draft. And – I'll take Cincinnati. I would probably also take the over. I could see Houston putting up some points on them. So, yeah, I think I think Cincinnati definitely wins, but I could see them winning like 38-24, something like that. Yeah. So, I actually really like this Houston team. And I remember watching the Houston uh, Texas Tech game at the beginning of the year, and there were two plays that kind of really killed that game for them. And I think they win that game if, you know, a couple plays go their way. And that's the only thing from stopping them from them being undefeated right now. Uh, but I really like the football team. I like their defense and everything like that. But Cincinnati, I think it's solid. Like you said, Desmond Ritter's a stud. So he's going to take care of business like he does. But I don't know. Something about this team is weird. And I think 10 and a half is way too many points. A little bookie with Trent reference, if you got that. But um, 
I think ten and a half is way too many points, and you guys are in disagreement with that. But I wouldn't bet that. You know why? I'm taking Houston money line. They're gonna win this game, thirty-eight, thirty-five. Let's go. <laughs> I could, I could see it. I don't disagree. Dana Holgers is a big time coach. Um, mm-hmm. I think if there's a coach that's gonna have him ready for that game, it's good old Dana. Um, so. Yeah, I think that'll be probably one of the better games to watch on Championship Saturday. You know, at this point in time, we could probably talk about the Pac-12 or the ACC title game, but those don't matter. So we're not <laughs> going to talk about them. We're going to go down to the SEC and talk about Alabama and Georgia. Alabama's offense hasn't been as good as it was the past few years. Some people think that Bryce Young is being asked to do too much with checks and checks and reads instead of simplifying it and doing a classic RPO offense. Whatever it was, this, op- this offense hasn't worked out this year. Um, I think some adjustments need to be made in the offseason. I think some adjustments needed to, has, have needed to be made since they lost to Texas A&M, but they have refused to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think Georgia I think Georgia wins this game, and I think they win it going away. I think it'll be a 35-10 to 10 outcome. I think Georgia's defense is too good. I think Georgia's offense likes to sit there and shoot clock. Alabama's defense is good. I just don't, I don't see how Alabama can win this game. I just don't. I think Georgia wins this game, 35-10, running away with it. So, I don't think it'll be, like, quite 35-10, to 10, but I don't know how you could pick Bama in this game after what happened last week. I don't know. Maybe that Auburn defense was just really inspired by Brian Harson in the Iron Bowl at Jordan-Hare Stadium. But, man, like, that was bad. And Alabama's offensive line – has honestly been pretty bad all year. Like, I teams get pressure against them, and for some reason, Bill O'Brien can't scheme up an offense that uses short passes. Like, they want to hit Jamison Williams deep and John Mechie deep, and they really can't run the ball. So you're asking this Georgia defense, which everyone rightfully thinks is the best defense in the country, they really only have to stop the pass. And I think as long as they can bottle up Jamison Williams, who is a stud, and can just get pressure on the quarterback, which they should be able to do pretty easily. I just don't see how Bama scores that many points. And Georgia's offense, now their schedule that they've played, at least as of late, hasn't been that good, but they've been putting up points. So I think they could put up points against this Bama team. So I would say like a 24 to 14 type of game, pretty low scoring is what I would predict. Yeah. If there's one thing I've learned watching college football, it's to never count out Nick Saban. <laughs> and I think this team, Nick Saban will have his team ready to play and ready to compete. I think this game is close for three quarters, but all in all, Georgia's defense is, I don't think, I think it's way too much for Alabama to overcome. And I think Georgia pulls away wait, Either they're late third quarter into the fourth, I think they pull away and they win this game by a touchdown or two as well. But I think it's at least competitive for a while. I guess the angle you could take on it is like, yeah, well, Bama, you know, they came back and they fought and they won that Auburn game. You know, Tank Bigsby helped them out and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, you could think like, man, Bama, they're out of it. Now they're back in it. Now they've they've got momentum going into the game. But, I mean, Georgia's just been like destroying like bad mm-hmm. teams. Like they, you know, Georgia Tech, they beat 45 to zero. They're bad. But it's like mm-hmm. – you look at their schedule, it's like, you know, Arkansas was really hot going into that game against them, and they beat them 37-0. to zero. Yeah. Auburn was playing good football at the time they were playing. They were ranked. Beat them 34-10. to 10. 
Kentucky was playing good football, beat them 30 to 13. Tennessee, you know, you know, no one's secondary team. You know, I actually <laughs> thought Tennessee would keep it close, and they did for a while, or like for the first half. It just didn't matter. Like 41 17, like mm-hmm. they beat Missouri, who, you know, I, me and Bryson kind of hate Missouri. We're KU fans, but I like their and they're a weird football team. I like their. I like their coach. I think he's kind of a nerd, but I think he's fun. Makes me a Dan Mullen, so. Mm-hmm. I we'll like talk him. about that in recruiting season, all right? Not, not <laughs> anymore. Not anymore, <laughs> But they're going They're going bowling, I believe, and they beat them 43-6. to six. Like, it's just – this team's so good. I will yeah. say, if Bama does punch in the mouth early, it can get interesting because they haven't really – like, that hasn't really happened to them mm-hmm. yet. Week one's the closest thing to that. Yeah, and, it's just such and a that Clemson game. team isn't as good as you know we thought they were preseason. Mm-hmm. Right. I know you skipped over the ACC game, but I will say that is one of my favorite games to watch this week because I think it'll be an offensive shootout with two. I mean basketball score, basketball score over seventy two and a half. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think that game's gonna be a shootout, and I think it's gonna be it's between two you know Heisman candidate quarterbacks. I think it's gonna be a fun game. But, yeah, um, <laughs> I definitely think Pitt probably has the best pro quarterback in the country this year. I'm I'm going to go I down agree. on that hill. Yeah. I think Kenny Pickett's the best pro quarterback in the country. I agree. Um, let's go into the Big 12. You know, we just saw Bedlam. Oklahoma is eliminated. Um, their head coach will not be coaching for the LSU Tigers, but he also won't be coaching <laughs> for the Oklahoma Sooners anymore. Um, so we've got the rematch, Baylor and Oklahoma State. Um, I'm not sure what happened last time, but I'm sure one of you do know what's happened last it's time. Not, I mean, they, Oklahoma State won. They won by 10, I think. But it was okay. a close game. Yes, it was a close game. Uh, Oklahoma State's favored by five. Uh, I think this is probably going to be a defensive battle, definitely, which is not something that you're used to saying when you talk about the Big 12 Conference. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> I think it'll be a defensive battle. I don't think I don't think other teams are really going to – run away with it. And I think unlike the other title conference title games, I think you're going to be in the fourth quarter and you're thinking both teams can probably win this. Uh, personally, I'm going to take Oklahoma state to win because I want them in the playoffs. And I also think they're, they're just a better football team. I think their defense is more complete. Two really mm-hmm. veteran, two really veteran defenses, by the way. Um, but uh, I, I don't know. I think Oklahoma state will win this. I think they'll win it. I don't, I think they win it by seven. I don't know. I, th- I don't think Baylor will cover, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's a three-point game either. So, I think OU- OSU will win. Go Pokes. All right. So, I am with Nolan that I will be rooting for Oklahoma State and Mike Gundy because I would like to see a Big 12 team in the playoff. Even – I'll root for a Big 12 team in the playoff. I was even going to root for OU to be in the playoff, but they couldn't take care of business in Bedlam, you know. The guys in white and black might have helped out a little bit, but, you know, it's all right. Hey, oh, you have to get a go against it for once. <laughs> hey, facts. I, I'm not arguing it. But I think Baylor's going to win. I, I think Dave Aranda, like, you know, I, they're both good coaches, but he might be the best coach in this game. And kind of like I was saying earlier with the Baylor-K-State game, you know, if you're going to beat Baylor, you can't, you can't make mistakes. And – I could see Baylor's defense, you know, stopping Oklahoma State's run game, which is pretty good. And maybe Spencer Sanders can make some mistakes. Like, he made mistakes against OU. I think he could make – or he made – like, he threw a pick. 
that yeah. like seven. And I think that that could happen against Baylor. I don't want it to because I want Oklahoma State to win, but I'm gonna I'm gonna take Baylor to win. Nolan, I want you to finish this thing for me. Offenses win games. Defenses win championships. Defenses win championships. And that's it. I'm taking the better defense here in Oklahoma State. Better defense. I mean, it's the top two defenses in the Big 12, but I think Oklahoma State has a better defense. I think this game could be interesting if Bohannon's playing, but, you know, we at at that game saw what happened to his hamstring, so don't see that happening. And I don't think their backup quarterback against – the best defense in Big 12 and the top 10 defense in the country can withstand. I mean, they almost lost to Tech. Tech was, you know, three foot to the left of time that game and sent into overtime last week. And I do think Dave Miranda is a heck of a coach, and he's probably going to be there a long time. But I don't think they can hold on and win this game. I, I'd take Oklahoma State to cover. I think they win by touchdown. Did they extend him? I don't think it's been finalized yet. But they're working on one? Yeah. That's interesting. That's interesting. (laughs) I'll say that I am a little confused at how Texas Tech was in that game because I looked at the – so I was like, well, maybe they didn't turn the ball over. Well, they turned the ball over twice, and that led to two Baylor touchdowns. Mm -hmm. I – kind of at the end, Texas Tech was able to – you know, get some touchdowns to make it a game, and it looked like Baylor's going to pull it away, but then they turned it over on downs trying to run out the clock. Texas Tech, yeah, missed a field goal. I had the under – not that matters. I had the under 51 and a half in this game, and they scored 51. So, the missing <laughs> is the money. So, you know, that's good. Thank you. But, I don't know. I, I want Oklahoma State to win, and they're probably the smart pick. I just kind of have a weird feeling about how it goes. So, I'm going to take Baylor. But should be should be a good game. Should be competitive. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, after this week, just four teams, top four. No explanation. I just went to four teams after this after this next Sunday. So like our top, like our top four make playoff. I want to playoff. Okay. Drew, you go first. Okay. So I think the top two is really obvious: Georgia and Michigan. I I'm hoping you guys agree. Three and four, it's going to be Alabama and Cincinnati. I, with my Cincinnati bias, I guess, I would have Cincinnati at three after that. Well, I had them there anyway, but I would have had them there now after Bama's kind of crappy performance last week. I'm expecting the committee to have Bama at three and Cincinnati at four and then let the results kind of speak for themselves. So, I hope pause. He meant after this weekend. After this weekend. After this weekend. All right. After championship Saturday. Like, like you're, you're for making the playoffs. I got you. I thought you meant right now. So, nope. I would have – so, I think Georgia's going to beat Bama. So, I'll have Georgia at one. I think Michigan wins. I'll have Michigan at two. So I think Cincinnati takes care of business and they get at three. And since I think Oklahoma State is going to lose, I'll have Notre Dame at four. Because oh, yeah. at that point, it's either Notre Dame or two lost Bama or two lost Ohio State or, I guess, two lost Baylor. Mm-hmm. which that kind of makes a whole other thing because Notre Dame's best win is Wisconsin, which now looks less good after they've dropped to Minnesota, but I don't know. Committee likes them, so. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's that's my top four. So 
no one near you. Uh, I can go. Um, I think, listen, I think, I don't know. I think this Houston game might be a bit of a trap game for Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati might lose. Uh, I'm going to go one, Georgia. I think Georgia beats Fama. Two, Michigan. I think they'll take care of business this Saturday. Three, I'm going to go Oklahoma State. I think Oklahoma State will beat Baylor. I think they'll jump into three. And then four, I think it'll be Notre Dame. Not a lot of parity there. One, four, Georgia, Notre Dame, two, three, Oklahoma State, Michigan. Yeah, I'm in the almost the same boat as you. I think Georgia State takes care of business. They're the one. I think Michigan takes care of business. They're the two. I think Oklahoma State takes care of business. They're the three. This is where it gets interesting. Do you put the one lost Cincinnati team in? No, probably not. Correct? So then you go look at Notre Dame's schedule. They're the next one lost team. Who have they beaten? Nobody. Wisconsin is like the only ranked team. Exactly. So nobody. <laughs> Pretty much. So that begs the question. There is a reason why Oregon's so high before they lost. Michigan's going to be number two team. My bold pick is they put two loss Ohio State at four over Notre Dame. Because imagine, just look for viewer presence. Ohio State, Georgia is a heck of a lot better game than, than Notre Dame, Georgia. So that's my bold pick. You know, I like that, and I, I could agree with it, but I think the committee shows the same amount of bias towards Notre Dame as they would against towards an Alabama or an Ohio State because it is one of the biggest brands in football. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I think that's a toss-up. I do like that. Um, but if Cincinnati loses, I agree. I think it will be one of those three, Ohio State, Notre Dame, or Alabama moving mm-hmm. into the fourth spot. I agree. I would like to see – Ohio State in it at four in that scenario, but I feel like the committee would stay true to Notre Dame, which can Notre Dame just join a freaking conference? Like, how, no kidding. Like, why aren't they – Nolan, you know more about this. Like, why are they not in a conference? Like, if they're playing the ACC, they're at least playing a couple, a few more ranked teams every year, or at least this year. Like, they would have played Clemson, Wake Forest, NC State, Pitt, you know. And then they'd be playing one of those teams this weekend. If they ran the table, you know, you could put them in. But it's like you beat Wisconsin and then – all your other wins, like, they beat quite a few teams that are going bowling, but they're all, like, six or seven wins, like, not that impressive. Mm-hmm. You put Notre Dame in at four, they lose 42 nothing. Oh, they're Georgia. not beating Georgia. They're not even having that game, a game that's at all. The, that's the Notre Dame playoff tradition is to yep. get in and lose four <laughs> and, then, and then the big boys take care of you. Yep, so. I agree. Um, Notre Dame's not in the conference in football because they're Notre Dame. You know, it's just kind of that pretentious thing. They've got a few rivalry games they have to keep going. Um, USC's one of them. Michigan's one of them, which they're not going to play until 2028, I think, again. Um, But there are a few rivalry games that aren't in the ACC that they have to play. And I think also it's we're Notre Dame. We're better than everybody. So why would we be in a conference? Why would that tie us down? Um, Hmm. I'm going to look Notre Dame's schedule preseason. Wasn't a bad schedule. Notre Dame's schedule preseason was probably, right, one of the better schedules um, out there. But then the teams that they played didn't really help them out because they played North Carolina. That's not as good as win as it was in the preseason. Um, they just played Stanford. Stanford's terrible. But they scheduled name-brand teams. They beat Purdue. They beat Florida State. They lost to Cincinnati. They USB lost their – So preseason ranked, I believe. 
Hmm? Yeah, they they beat USC. USC wasn't ranked, but preseason ranked. They beat USC and they beat North Carolina two games in a row. Mm-hmm. They got them both at home. They beat Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech was supposed to be a pretty good team this year as well. They beat Wisconsin. Wisconsin turned out to be okay, and they beat them running away, and that was when Wisconsin was starting to play good football. Purdue beat a couple mm-hmm. of teams. They've been ranked this year. So I think Florida State at the end of the season hasn't played anybody, but at the beginning of the season they had one of the best schedules out there. So we yeah. can't we can't fault them there. What we can fault them for is they're not playing this Saturday. Yep. So I think that's that's the biggest issue Notre Dame has. Um, Which most of the time it seems like when Notre Dame makes it, they play five, like four to five good ranked teams. They win them all and then they make it and then they mm-hmm. like I think every time Notre Dame's made it, they deserve it. It just then they get bullied by whoever they play. Yeah, right. they need a quarter. They need a quarterback that isn't Ian Book or whoever they have now. They need a dynamic Jack, playmaker. Jack Hill, he's been better though. So I don't. I mean, yeah. he's better against Stanford and Georgia Tech. So but would know. you would you mention him in the same breath as Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud or no? No, Mm-mm. they need they know. need a quarter. They need a quarterback like that. So. so the committee's one of the committee's favorite phrases is you know the eyewitness test and stuff like that. If you look at Notre Dame and then you look at Alabama or Ohio State, do you think Notre Dame can compete with either of those teams? No. Maybe Bama? I think they no, can beat Bama because I just don't think Bama is as good this year. But yeah. I I mean I th- the Cincinnati game when they lost twenty four to thirteen, I feel like that's how like a Michigan game would go. Hmm. Georgia game would be that, but like by two more touchdowns probably. I, think- I don't they don't score on Georgia, I don't think. <laughs> I, mean, I think, score, um, you know, Cincinnati, so they probably score like seven. Piggybacking, though, off Alabama, I think they're a really good team. I think the SEC West is just really deep. Um, I think they're really good. The SEC mm-hmm. West is, so. And Smith said. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, a couple, couple closing things real quick. First of all, Lincoln Riley tells the reporter last night he's not taking the LSU job. Well, he wasn't taking the LSU job. He's taking – Southern Cal job. Um, obviously, Oklahoma in the Big 12 was a better job than USC in the Pac-12, but is Oklahoma in the SEC a better job than USC in the Pac-12? And obviously, Lincoln Riley didn't think so. Um, he got out of there and he went to USC. They must be paying him a lot of money. but mm-hmm. They've got to be giving him like 10 million a year. Yeah. I mean, the next hire for Oklahoma is pretty crucial going into the SEC now. They need a really good coach. I think Lincoln's mindset with that is <clears throat> I can go into this big traditionally owned, you know, franchise. And if I turn this school around and get him back, then that solidifies me as being one of the top coaches in college football. And he's living in Cali and getting a boatload of money. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, let's be honest, they wouldn't compete in the SEC right now where they're at. No. They'd mm-hmm. be better than Texas would, but they wouldn't compete. And I think, mm-hmm. I think he's scared of that. I'm not going to lie. I don't know, Lincoln Riley. I'm not in his head, but I think he's scared of the competition that the SEC West provides, especially for the standards Oklahoma is going to hold their head coach to. I think he's trying to get paid. Mm-hmm. I agree. I want the, only thing, the only thing I would say is Lincoln Riley bridged quarterbacks, and he's getting Jackson Dart the number one overall recruit next year, and that could be something to watch for. Yeah, yeah. Didn't work out with – Spencer Adler or Sanders really that much this year, but well, Jackson Dart played some this year, 
and he's honestly looked pretty good. It's just that USC team is just bad. You know, they fired the coach mm-hmm. three games, which makes no sense. Yeah. And he's going to get a lot of OU recruits to USC, too. Well, that OU five-star for next year, like, just – Receiver. I thought it was a quarterback. Yeah. Was it a receiver? Uh, yeah, he's number one over receiver. So, maybe he can follow him out there. I, I want to mm-hmm. see some context on how this LSU thing goes because they let Billy Napier, who coached at Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns, he, they, they're just letting him go to Florida. So, I don't know if it's an NFL guy or what it is, but I want to see some – like, if Lincoln chose – if LSU had offered Lincoln, which I don't know if they had, but if they had, he chose USC, then that's kind of like, whoa. Like, because LSU, I think, is a better job than USC. But if you're getting a lot more money and you're in California and you're going against the Pac-12 South, like, I completely get doing it. Mm-hmm. Instead of having to worry about them and all that, you got to worry about Oregon. <laughs> well, not even in the South, right? Like, it'd just be like UCLA. True. Yeah, but – yeah. So I think, like Nolan was saying, I remember Matt Rule having things about him coming out earlier in the year about how he wasn't adapting to the NFL very well, and, and Nolan brought it up earlier. He could be a candidate for LSU. Matt Rule at LSU would be scary. Matt mm-hmm. Rule at LSU would win national titles. Dave Aranda at LSU would win national titles, but apparently Dave Aranda doesn't want to go back there, and I don't blame him. I don't blame mm-hmm. him at all. But. So I think Matt Rule's a really good coach. I think what he did – well, first with Temple, right, before he went to Baylor? Yes. Yeah. He turned around Baylor in, what, two years after the whole Art Bryles thing? Like, Three. <laughs> what he did – what he did there was incredible. And, you know, it kind of sucks that he left. And, obviously, they got David Randa to replace him. So, that's pretty mm-hmm. pretty good for Baylor. But I think Matt Rule's been pretty good in the NFL. I just think it's come down to, like, in the NFL, you need a quarterback. Like, in college, mm-hmm. you get away with – having a good scheme without having a good a great quarterback like we're seeing what Oklahoma State's doing with Spencer Sanders and what Michigan's doing with Cade McNamara but you can't do that in the NFL like you're going to get in alive and Sam Darnold Cam Newton like those guys aren't really the answer I did look up that he the Panthers gave him a seven year 60 million dollar contract I don't know what the buyout would be like would LSU have to buy that out or would they or would Matt Rule and the Panthers just, like, negotiate their own thing. Like, I wonder how that They'd reach, like, a settlement, basically. And Matt Rule – Matt Rule would probably have to pay some of it, but LSU – I don't think LSU – I don't think money's an issue. Mm-hmm. Louisiana no, State. I mean, LSU can, you know, pay yeah. it out if he wants. Yeah. The, who, I, who I think LSU needs to go get, and it's a familiar, familiar name, is Joe Brady. I get to that, too. He, OC I don't for think... Joe Burrow, and now he's the OC for the Panthers, I think. Yeah, I don't think LSU needs to hire a coordinator because when you hire a coordinator, you're guessing if they'll be a good head coach or not because there's so much more as a head coach you have to deal with than you're really not even call, you're not even calling plays if you're a collegiate head coach you're not calling plays on the sideline. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you know kind of what the game plan is? But I think LSU can go get a proven head coach. I think they've got the budget. They're LSU. They can go get a head coach that they know can win football games. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, do we know if they were going after James Franklin? No, I don't think they were. I think he's pretty low on their list. But, you know, all these coaches, these big-name coaches, now they have agents. And I think James Franklin was 
his agent got his name in there. And so LS or Penn State kind of got scared and was like, okay, $70 million, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> One last question about recruiting, not recruiting, about coaching candidates and stuff like that. Do you think primetime gets a power five offer? No. You don't? No, not, not yet. yet. No. I think TCU was kind of like the rumblings, but then they got Sonny Dykes from SMU, so I feel like that's that was kind of it. I think eventually, mm-hmm. yeah, that'd be cool. I feel yeah, I feel like he has to prove himself first because right now it feels like a splash hire, like Kansas would go higher prime time mm-hmm. right now just because, and then he'd flame out. I don't think he did. Yeah, sell some tickets for the first few games and realize you know we're still bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. We'll see. Um, so Wait, I think real quick, real quick, Matt Campbell, LSU. No, probably not. <laughs> I would say probably not. But like, I think Matt Campbell's a Big Ten guy. I think he can go somewhere else. But yeah. if they hire him, I think well, I know this we year... talked about it. Like we think that Matt Campbell, like you know, people in the Big Twelve talk about Matt Campbell a lot. But I feel like on a national stage probably not as much. And I feel like he's not very high for LSU. Like, I thought that was going to be – like, if James Franklin leaves, he would take Penn State. And then if Penn State was good, then he'd get, like, an LSU or a USC. I think that he has reached the ceiling Iowa State can get him. I think nine wins is the best season an Iowa State football team can have. Really? Um, I also think he's losing a class of seniors that starts majority of both sides of the ball, and I think they're going to be bad next year. And I think if he's going to leave, this year is the year to do it. And if he wants to go to Oklahoma, then I would be all down for Matt Campbell to go to Oklahoma. If he wants to go to LSU and LSU wants him, go. Succeed there. But I don't think you're winning anymore to Iowa State. Than you are I, don't think he, I don't think he'd leave Iowa State to go to another Big 12 school. Maybe in a couple of years he'd leave to go to OU for the SMC now. But I can definitely you know, his, see him go. His SEC name was thrown around at his name was thrown around at TCU, and I think he actually would have left to go to TCU. TCU is a better job. Really? Yeah, because uh-huh. you got Dallas at your backyard, so True. I think TCU is a real, real good job. They're not big on a lot of talent from Dallas. No, they're more like, I mean, I mean, like recruiting as a whole, and like living in Dallas for a while, I learned a lot about it. But everyone believes that you got to go farther down south. Like Houston, San Antonio, small towns right there, where more of the talent is. I don't know why, because Dallas is definitely big enough. But yeah, well, I think I think any coach worth his salt, Sonny Dykes, actually is worth his salt. And at SMU, he I think he did a pretty good job of recruiting in the Dallas area. Mm-hmm. Um, There's definitely kids there. I just don't feel like they get recruited as much as they should. Yeah, he branded he branded SMU as Dallas's. Dallas's college team. If you look at all the SMU gear now, mm-hmm. it's got a D on it, and so I think there's talent there to be had, and I think TCU, mm-hmm. I think TCU can get it. So, mm-hmm. well, I mean, so, it's only thirty minutes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, all right, that's going to do it for the first episode of the hardly knowledgeable podcast. Um, we'll have a we'll have a Twitter handle up for you eventually. Um, right now just go go find our twitters you feel free to dm us ask us questions um my twitter is warner underscore nolan um if everybody else wants to drop their twitter real quick that's fine uh, so ellis underscore bryson <laughs> what even is my handle is it it's big drew it is i think it's it's big drew with a z ladies it and is. gentlemen so. it's always big drew. <laughs> <laughs> big drew. 
So go ahead, go ahead, give us a follow for now. Ask us some questions in our DMs, and we'll do the best to answer them on the podcast. Uh, I think we'll definitely, yeah, we'll we'll definitely do this again. So thank you guys for listening to the first podcast. Um, yeah, go Hawks, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, go Hawks. That's by 90. <laughs>